welcome to the Rob Burgess Show. I'm, of course, your host, Rob Burgess. On this very 91st episode, our returning guest is Ash Burgess. First heard Ash Burgess on episode 16, 26, 27, 39, 58, 63, 77, 86, and episode 82 of the podcast, which also featured regular guest Jonathan Fowler. Ash Burgess has a dusty degree in religious studies, an obsession with pineapples, and an appetite for both high and low culture. She cuts her own hair, bakes her own sourdough and bread, and spends most of her time at home with her young son, and now also her young daughter. Sometimes she blogs at burgessbaby.blogspot.com. And now, on to the show. So we're going to attempt to start today's podcast by recreating the moment that just happened. (laughs) You mean the moment when... I told you that I, because I am such a loving and giving person, watched an entire terrible Christmas movie on Netflix today just because it would give us more to talk about on this podcast. So tell me, what was it? Well, <laughs> it was called Christmas in the Smokies. <laughs> <laughs> and you said that sounds horrible. <laughs> it does. It, it was horrible. Like it just sounds bad. It wasn't very good. All right, well, tell me about... I mean, should we... Before we jump into me telling you about this, should we kind of, you know, explain what we're doing here? Know what we're doing here? Talking about Christmas movies. Of course we are. But more specifically, I think... coming out on Christmas Eve. All right, so yes, we've been talking about Christmas Mm -hmm. movies, but lately, though, we've been talking a lot about how... Considering how much people love Christmas... There are not that many really good, high-quality Christmas films, but there are many, many, many really cheesy, kind of made-for-TV or made-for-streaming type of Christmas things available. Mm -hmm. I was reading an article on Vice today about this, and actually their theory was that because it has certain parameters as a Christmas movie, directors are allowed to indulge some of their worst instincts because it's kind of encouraged by the season, like melodrama, uh, you know, sentimentality, over-religiosity. But you could do all uh, of those things and still do it in, like, a high-quality way, and I feel like a lot of these things just really, like... It's, like, some of the worst tendencies of, like, storytelling are, like... I don't know. Maybe. But I mean, okay, like, I think there, but there's people like this, though, because, I mean, we were talking about how there was that thing with Netflix where they tweeted about how many people have rewatched their made for streaming movie, A Christmas Prince, like 57 times or something, or, some, you know, a certain mm-hmm. number of people have watched this, like, 19 times or something. So, I mean, there are people that just are watching these a lot, and I mean, now I've been watching some of them, too. So I mm-hmm. did watch A Christmas Prince, it was not very good. But you were curious. I was curious. Well, okay. In my defense, and to be fair, this might be the defense that a lot of people who end up watching these things could use. In my defense, we're pretty careful about the kind of things that we let our kids watch. For the most part. Just, you know, I mean, we're not as careful as some people, certainly. We let, I mean, we let our son watch a lot of, like, children's entertainment. But we don't let him watch a lot of adult entertainment. No, I like some kids. Like I can't believe some people let their children like watch The Walking Dead or something. Yeah, but it's like I'm not like I might want to watch like Law and Order SVU, but 
I'm gonna have to want to watch it badly enough to watch it after the kids are asleep. I'm not just gonna like be watching that, you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but so, but because of that, there's actually not that much that I can watch. And I mean, most of the time I'm busy anyway. But you know, sometimes you just want to like gig back and relax and watch a movie. And a lot of the movies that maybe would be higher on my list otherwise are not really appropriate. Mm-hmm. But I have found that these very poor quality, cheesy, made-for-TV slash made-for-streaming Christmas movies tend to be rated PG and usually nothing too objectionable happens. But there's a slight amount of peril. I would say the peril is usually minimal. Although in Christmas in the Smokies, there was some real... (laughs) There was some real peril. The family farm was almost lost. See, because there was this family and they had a berry farm... But the bank was going to foreclose on them. This was in the Smokies, right? It was. <laughs> it really was. I just want to paint the picture. Go on. So, but that's real peril. And it was Christmas. It was Christmas time. In How the Smokies. But my point is that I mean that's real peril. The threat of having sure. your home slash business foreclosed upon. Yes, it's a problem year round. It's interesting though, yes, it is the problem around this seems more terrible. It's just it seems like a more crushing blow to be like, not only was their home foreclosed upon, it was foreclosed upon at Christmas. Somehow that's like even worse than a normal foreclosure. For sure. Um But here's the thing that I realized from watching these, you know, made for TV Christmas things. The idea of, like, a Christmas romance seems very appealing to people. But, like, I have questions about, like, why is that? Hmm. Well, why do you think it is? I, uh, that's, that's the thing. I don't quite understand it. I mean, what about the Christmas season says to people, like, the Christmas miracle will be that you fall in love? Like... I mean, I guess if you, like, don't have love, that could be, like, your Christmas wish, and then, you know, that's what you really, really wanted for Christmas. It's more exciting. People do um, Christmas proposals. True. And a lot of these movies do have proposals. Well, I think, okay, here's my theory about a Christmas proposal. Unless you absolutely know that, like, it's going to be a yes, like, you've already talked about it. The person being proposed to knows that the person proposing is going to be proposing. Everyone knows the answer is going to be yes. It's just a question of when and how glorious the proposal will be. Then I think your Christmas proposal, yes. But a surprise Christmas proposal seems like it could go so wrong. And then, I mean, Christmas could just be ruined. Yeah. You've just, like, nuked an entire holiday off your list at that point. And possibly, you've possibly ruined the entire that day for, like, many people if you're doing this at, like, a family gathering or something. What, you mean with an audience? Yeah, like, I'm saying, like, Christmas proposal. Oh, you're talking about, like, a family Christmas, like, Yeah, like, you've gone home for Christmas to either your family or the significant other's family and you're all gathered around, like, the parents, the grandparents, the, you know, the aunts and uncles, the cousins. That seems like a good way to just ruin the day for everyone. You know, if things don't go the way you're hoping they're going to go. But that's why I'm saying you should really only propose on Christmas if it's a sure thing. Can we talk about this? <laughs> that's what you don't want to hear. 
No, you don't want to hear that, or you don't want to hear... Can I see the ring again? Mm, <laughs> mm. Ouch. That's or a little just... bit more to the point. So, this is just a promise ring, right? Ooh. But yeah, getting back to the Christmas... I almost can't say it in the Smokies. Christmas in the Smokies. But there was a country western element, which actually I've noticed is somewhat common in these Christmas movies. I feel like, but not so much just the Christmas movies. I think that that's a common thing in like, I think there's romances that are kind of a country western romance type of thing. And I feel like this was like a country western romance slash Christmas movie because mm -hmm. the romance was like, She'd been in, and I kind of think they actually stole this plot from a book that I read once because I did read a book once where there was, although this is like not a plot that belongs to anyone, this is like a pretty obvious plot, but I did read a book once where there was a woman who had been, her childhood sweetheart had become a rock star and kind of left town and, you know, moved on and then he had to come back to town for some reason and then, you know, it was, it was sort of weird because of their like history or whatever. But anyway, this was like her childhood sweetheart had become like a country Western singer and he'd like abandoned her or something and, or just like left, even though he said he was coming back on Christmas for her, but then did not come back oh. or whatever. But then he was on like a celebrity dance off. <laughs> but, <laughs> but okay, this was, this was the catalyst oh, for, this was the goodness. catalyst for the film is that uh -huh. he was in a celebrity dance off but he, like, he was supposed to be kind of like the bad boy of country western music or something. So then he, like, failed to participate adequately in the rehearsals for the dance-off. Because it was dancing with a partner. I think it's like they pair, you know, when they pair a celebrity with, like, a real dancer. Mm -hmm. So he failed to rehearse with the real dancer. And then he didn't really know the moves. Secretary of Energy Rick Perry has been a guest on Dancing oh, with the Stars. Why? Not a guest, he was a contestant. But it's that kind of thing. Like, he's the contestant, but he was probably paired with an actual dancer. Yeah, I'm sure. Exactly. I mean, so it, it's, yeah, it was just like that, that, except with a country western star and then the real dancer stalks away and then he's embarrassed and you know his career is tanking because everyone's like you're a fool or something even though I don't honestly think that would end anyone's career but anyway in the scenario of the film it was a crushing blow so he has to return to his hometown to rekindle his roots and get back to who he was or whatever slash rekindle his romance with this very mm. farmer that he left behind Ooh. And then, you know, help her save a family farm. So, wow. you know, there's a lot going on. A lot going <laughs> there's a lot on. going on with Christmas and the Smokies. You know, it could be so complicated in the Smokies at Christmas time. It's, it's very complicated. <sighs> wow. But it was bad, right? It was a bad movie. It wasn't good. <laughs> but I would say <laughs> it was... I would say it fell somewhere in the middle of the three made for streaming, or I don't know if Christmas in the Smokies was originally made for streaming. The other two cheesy Christmas films I've watched recently were like Netflix originals. And I would say Christmas in the Smokies fell right in the middle of those, as far as like from better to worse. <laughs> actually, you know what? Now that I'm thinking about it more, Christmas in the Smokies might have actually been the best one. Hmm. Can't wait to hear about the others. Well, there was The Christmas Prince, which has apparently achieved much popularity on Netflix. It's a thing. It's a thing, but it's really very bad. And, like, I know it offends you especially because, you know, you're a journalist and it's about an unscrupulous journalist. In, in movies, aren't we all? Well, the thing was, to me, that I thought was a little strange was that she didn't really seem like she was actually a journalist originally. She was an editor 
but not like an editor with power. Like, I think she was just sort of like maybe like a copy editor or something. Like, mm-hmm. there was like actual journalists that were writing stories for a magazine or whatever that she worked for. And then she was just kind of like, she had to like edit them. Mm-hmm. But she didn't seem to be doing much like writing of her own. Mm-hmm. But then. I wasn't paying attention at this part, so I'm not exactly sure how this happened. I don't know if there was, like, an emergency with, like, the real writer or what exactly happened. Somehow she has to go to this fictional European country to cover this thing where there's a prince that's supposed to be, like, being coronated mm-hmm. at Christmas. Mm-hmm. But that was, you know... And then, of course, she, like, ends up posing as, like, a tutor to, like, get in with mm-hmm. the family and everything unscrupulously. But that movie, I mean, it was not very good. But then I also recently watched The Christmas Inheritance, which was... I felt, like, almost worse. I felt assaulted by that movie. I didn't (laughs) even watch it. It was just in the background. But it had Andy McDowell in it. She is a known actress. I'm not saying anything (laughs) against her personally. I'm just saying I was surprised to see her there. But... Because normally there's not a lot of, like, known faces in these types of things, I feel like. But, I mean, here's the thing that I've noticed about all of these. There's this weird casting thing where most of the people, Andy McDowell aside, because, you know, she's an actual known actor. Most of the people in these, it's like, I think that the standards they cast by are... Do you look like or have a very similar vibe to a known actor or actress? So you'll be watching the movie and you kind of think that they remind you of someone Mm -hmm. and you're trying to put your finger on who they are. You're like, I know this person from somewhere. What what, what did I Mm -hmm. see you in? And then eventually you realize that it's not actually that you know them. It's just that they remind you of someone much more prominent. Like the leading guy it's like eventually you realize you've not actually seen him in anything before he just has like a very paul walkery vibe or something <laughs> you know rest his soul exactly or 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 the leading lady it's like that christmas prince movie mm. the the actress in that seems so much like <laughs> um what is the name of the woman that's married to sasha baron cohen Isla Fisher? Fisher. Yes. And I finally figured out it was just that she seemed like Isla Fisher. Because for a while I was like, this actress seems familiar. Did I see her in something before? And then I realized, no, I've never seen her before. She just has a very Isla Fisher vibe. And I guarantee you when they were casting the part, they were like, can we find someone with kind of a, you know, that vibe? Who's that one guy that we thought looked like somebody? You mean the, the guy that was in it? Yes. Yeah, I could never figure out if you actually looks like somebody. Something. Nobody looks like somebody. Like it's, you're but saying, that's but the I know thing. What you're it's always like just on the tip of who, your tongue, the who, tip of your brain. But, but who like, does he look like? Who is the that's person? The thing I can't even quite figure out who he looks like. It's, it's almost like somebody from Friday Night Lights, but not really, or something. Yeah, or like with just like slightly flatter hair or mm. something. I don't know. Maybe like Gossip Girl or something. Yes. The other thing that I've realized about these Christmas romance type of things mm-hmm. is that. There's always one character that's very, very into Christmas. And there's always and there's always another character that's, like, not into Christmas. And it flip-flops. Like, sometimes the romantic lead is, like, 
very into Christmas, and that's how you know that she's, like, likable and winning and things should go her way, but then she has to, like, be in a relationship with someone who's, like, not into Christmas. Mm -hmm. But other times, it's the opposite. It's, like, she's no longer into Christmas because she's been, like, burned in the past. But her new love interest will, like, win her over as Christmas wins her over, too. Which, I mean, that's a very powerful way to romance someone. It's, like, not only are they dating you, they're, like, dating the entire, like, season of Christmas time. That was pretty intense. Yeah, I mean, uh, that could be, you know, that could wow. be what does it, really. And then you get swept up in things, and suddenly you find yourself with a Christmas proposal, and it's just all wow. happening. <laughs> I'm just imagining somebody getting on one knee and, like, the whooping starting from, the, like, the older family members, like, immediately. But honestly, I mean... Maybe it's because I maybe maybe it's because I didn't like propose in front of like our entire family. No, I mean I think I don't think anyone actually saw you proposing except for me. But that's more how I would like it. I think it, you know it was a nice private moment. But I think I mean if you're like an old person though, I mean it's okay. I think it's kind of like you know how like. As soon as we got married, people then start asking, like, when are you going to have a kid? It's just, like, that's the next most exciting thing that could happen for them. Yes. So, I mean, I feel like if I was old and I was at a Christmas gathering, I'd be like, what's the most exciting thing that could happen right now? Maybe a proposal? (laughs) I mean, like, why not? (laughs) That would be exciting. And there are some people that maybe just have a very different sensibility of feeling than I do who actually would want nothing more than to have their entire family there to, like, witness the proposal and share the moment with them. Yeah, but I never experienced Christmas and, like, how can I make this more complicated? (laughs) True. I did see a video of a Christmas proposal where um, it was a YouTuber who normally, you know, films herself, but the guy was going to propose, so he had her sister who was visiting film it. Mm-hmm. And then later they, you know, she was able to have it vlog <laughs> or whatever. Mm-hmm. But that was, like, a pretty sure bet. Like, I think he knew, like, it was a situation where, like... Yeah, I mean, there's there's times where it's more on the line. But Yeah, like, if you've been dating someone for three months, it's, like, yes. probably not a good idea. <laughs> if you haven't actually talked about marriage, mm-hmm. or only in the vaguest terms, you know, it's maybe not the time. All right, so let's let's get back to the. There's <laughs> so much more to be said about Christmas proposals. Oh my god! But well, yes, what let's, else? I, well, I don't know. What let's else do you want to say about Christmas? No, no, it's fine. We can get back to the movies. No, I just feel like this is like Ebenezer Scrooge being visited by three ghosts. <laughs> Each one is like frightening in their own ways. Speaking of being visited by three ghosts. We did recently rewatch the Santa Claus because we discovered that there is not only a Santa Claus two, which I, I think noticed we, knew about. we didn't watch either two or three. We don't have that much time, okay? We didn't make time for two. Or three. Yeah, but that would be like all of the time that we have. Like I don't have time to watch together. the Godfather trilogy, let alone the Santa Claus trilogy. But or maybe it's more than a trilogy now. Isn't there four or five of them? Probably. I don't know. I just know that we had been well. We had been having a conversation where we were like, we knew there was a second one. Was there a third one? We were like, probably. But then we saw it on Netflix. It arrived. There is, a, in fact, a third one. Mm-hmm. The Escape Clause. <laughs> Could anyone escape, really? <laughs> I mean, I thought that you could only escape if you, like, fall off of a ladder and then die, and then Although, someone puts on your suit. And... <laughs> well, 
It's a pretty dark movie, but like. The real question is, did Santa throw himself off the roof because he was done being Santa and wanted to escape? <laughs> I mean, because, okay, Santa, when he's wearing the suit, when he is Santa, other than falling off the roof, he's kind of immortal, right? Like, mm. I mean, is there any, like, does he live, because he ages really quickly when he becomes Santa, he gets all, you know, white bearded and everything. But does that mean that he's going to die in, like, ten years, or does that mean that he's just going to live as, like, a grizzled man for the next, you know, a hundred years until he finally suffers an accident. An accident. Doing the and yes, doing the air quotes. Because, yeah, because by accident I mean that, you know, you've been Santa for a long time, you're very tired, you're ready to rest. Just, yeah. Yeah. But I think that's, well, I mean, that's proven by the fact that he shaves and then he immediately grows back his white beard. But that's why I'm saying I think that he's just going to exist in that age of, like, white beardedness probably it's forever. Like, I don't think he's going to atrophy beyond that point. It's But it's kind of an unfair, like, vampire situation in that... You don't get to be, like, a when hot When you vampire. become, well, kind of like a zombie, too. Like, you, when yeah. the age you become a zombie or a vampire or whatever, you stay that age forever. But it's also If generally... you're a kid when you turn into a zombie, you're a kid zombie forever. If mm-hmm. you're a, an adult man vampire in his 30s you're that forever but it's generally accepted too that vampires even beyond just kind of being arrested at whatever age you are generally you become like hotter somehow as a vampire some people think santa is hot Ew. <laughs> did i i showed you that uh children's book about the um gay biracial santa uh, relationship yeah, was, with another santa <laughs> That was an interesting take. No, I don't think the other one was another Santa. I think it was Santa's husband. <laughs> they don't get to be two Santas. But I think that would be a good explanation for when people Somebody's are like, why there, is Santa, you know, know black or white or whatever, you know, at uh-huh. the mall or whatever. You could be like, that's not Santa. That's Santa's husband. Yes. Mm-hmm. Explains everything. Of course. But, but no, I think as Santa, you're just kind of stuck in the, like, Santa-like state. But I'm saying I don't think you, like, age beyond that, like... You're, like, immediately white-bearded, but you don't just, like, kind of crumble and die. I think you just have to live as Santa indefinitely until, you know, finally... Like, my my theory, and I'm not really basing this on any actual facts, and this is only for the, the Santa Claus universe, not, like, a general theory about Santa. This is but, not canonical. <laughs> Pushing my glasses up on my nose. But my theory is that, um... Santa can only die in like a rooftop related accident in this universe so he probably had to like fling himself off the roof to escape from being santa forever that's probably true i mean logically it seems like the only way out but okay but where am i getting the idea that santa was an elf because it's there's that I think it's in the night before Christmas when it says something about that jolly old elf. And referring to Santa Claus. Yeah, I think they're referring to Santa as a jolly old elf. That wasn't like an idea that that poet or whatever made up. It could be. I mean, he may just have needed it to rhyme or whatever. <laughs> I don't think Santa's really? an elf. Okay, this is something we disagree upon. I think that Santa is a How human man. How else does man. he live forever? He's not a human man. Human men aren't immortal. He's a human man who's also immortal. How does that happen? 
Maybe it. I mean, it could unless be like, he's something else. No, it could be like a tuck everlasting type of situation. Elves are mythical creatures. They live forever. They could, right? Yes, but what I'm saying is that Santa that is a mythical creature. Why but the only thing, but the only thing mythical about him is that he lives forever. I don't think he's an elf. Any that's a pretty big him. mythical thing. But he doesn't have any of the other features of an elf. Okay, you don't know that. Have you I seen his toes? Are they curled? I don't. Might be. I don't think curly toes is like the hallmark. No. No, because okay. They all have those shoes. Why Santa. Shoes? Okay, first of all, elves do not have beards. <laughs> Second of all, elves are like known for being small and thin. Mm-hmm. Elves are known for having pointy ears. <clears throat> Santa is not known for being small and thin. He's not known for being particularly nimble. Mm. And he totally does not have pointy ears. And he's like, also elves are known for like a youthful glow. And Santa does not have a youthful glow. Santa, if anything, is the opposite of an elf. Mm. Okay, so you're saying that in the Night Before Christmas poem song. I think that's where it says something. I don't know. It just says something like that jolly old elf. I was reading something today and I was just sort of skimming it. So I can't give you all the information I'd like to about how Father Christmas and Santa are actually two different Person people. Christmas? Yes, Person Christmas. No, but in that they were talking about how Father Christmas and Santa originally were not the same person, even though we refer to them as such. Mm-hmm. Although that whole Person Christmas thing is a whole other can of worms. Well, can you... Explain. I don't want to. You don't want to. Okay, I'll explain. No, I will explain. I just don't want to because I feel like it's a can of worms. Okay, we can skip over it. No, we've already brought it up. I brought it up. But I... Okay. There's some people that want to change Father Christmas, which is a English term for people that don't know and, and our son, the captain, doesn't know and he's mad at these English uh, Every time we're reading that Mr. Men book, Mr. Men he's book. like... Mr. Santa. Okay, well, that's a whole other problem. <laughs> we may have to stop reading those books. <laughs> it's a different time. It's a different time. Yeah, but like they could probably they could at least erase that guy from the back of the thing. They still, they still make that book, I'm sure. And yet, it wasn't available in any of the box sets that I looked at. <laughs> okay, so should you you know explain what we're talking about? What, what, what? Well, we, our son we, has recently become interested in the Mr. Men books. Oh, yes. Um, and on the back of some of them, <laughs> there's like a little picture of all the different Mr. Men with like their name under them. You know, like Mr. Bump and Mr. Tickle and Mr. Forgetful and Mr. Happy. Which, speaking of which, the Mr. Happy book is one of the most disturbing books I've ever read in my entire life. I actually hid that one because I didn't want to read it anymore. Mm. I feel like it could be like psychologically damaging. Mm. This is the part where Mr. Happy walks down the stairs and down the stairs and down the stairs and down the stairs and then he finds someone that looks exactly like him except that they're miserable and they're like locked in like a room like beneath the earth. Yes. Yeah, I thought that was like a little bit like <laughs> that was like not so cool. But anyway, um, on the back of all the books, there's a little picture of the different Mr. Men and one of them is Mr. Uppity. And to make matters worse, Mr. Uppity is the only, like, and these, all the Mr. Men are, like, colored, not, like, people. They're, like, you know, yellow and green and red and stuff. But the Mr. Uppity one is brown. 
and it's very, I have a, there very is, Okay, but you've, you've only said that this is on the back of one book. There is actually a book of Mr. Uppity. Yes, but we don't have that. We don't have it. People on It doesn't it. seem like it's available. It's on Amazon, I think. So our, our, our son woke up briefly, but we're back to it. Alright, so... No, I think that the combination... Now, I have not read Mr. Uppity's book, so maybe it's totally It's hard. got really good reviews on Amazon. Yeah, but a lot of people are really stupid, and I don't trust Amazon reviews at all. Yeah. yeah, so, you know, some of those people might really like it for their own reasons. Yes, they would. All I'm saying is, to me, the combination of the fact that Mr. Uppity is the only brown Mr. Man character... Suspicious. Suspicious. And that his name is Mr. Uppity is very, very, very concerning. In a weak defense of the books... There are colors of these creatures that are colors that no person is. Now, all of them are no also, colors that no person is other than Mr. Uppity. But that almost, not, I think, is worse. It, okay, it wouldn't be worse. It but it's not worse. strictly colors that people are, is all I'm saying. No, I'm saying that Mr. Uppity is the only person colored one, and his name is Mr. Uppity, and that's very bad. I'm saying that, like... But aren't there, like, pink and blue and, like... Yeah, all the other ones are. There, there's not any just, like, other flesh-colored ones. That's what makes it so bad. Do you, do you think that's worse? I think it's worse. I think that the only way... All it, of the characters being The only on. way it would be not concerning is if some of the other characters were randomly brown. Because there's other repeats. Like, there are several ones that are blue. There are several that are red. There are several that are yellow. There are several that are pink. So it's... More concerning to me that Mr. Uppity is brown and the only one that's brown than if, like, Mr. Uppity was brown, but, like, Mr. Tickle was also brown. Mr. Tickle is red. You know what I mean? Like, not, like, you know, like a red Indian kind of way either. He's just, like, (laughs) he's, like, red like a tomato. Of course. But, yeah, it's really concerning. And I kind of want to get a hold of that book just to, like, check. But I also don't want to, like, buy it. The problem is that our son likes to point at the people on the back of the book, and there's like a bunch of these tiny little illustrated guys, and say like, you know, what's new with that one? What's new with that one? And I don't want to be like, that's Mr. Uppity. Like, just it just seems, you know, it seems very bad. We might have to get rid of those books. It's a shame I got so many. And he likes them so much. And some of them are very good, but I mean. Some racist people are very nice in other ways. Yes. <laughs> but we should really get back to the... There are two Mr. Men Christmas books. But that's how we got on the subject, is that they talk about Father Christmas, and he's confused by that term because yes. we call him Santa Claus. Somebody at the circle... Somebody. The Santa Claus at the... At the no, I, no, there's a rumor. I don't think it's been totally substantiated. Oh, oh so it's a rumor now. Okay. It's only a rumor because... I've seen conflicting stories about it, but there are allegations that the Santa at the college mall in Bloomington spanked someone. <laughs> oh my goodness. But I'm sorry, like, here's the thing. Wow. If a Santa spanked my child, I would file so many. Like, some people are like, oh, it's not that big a deal. Like, if Santa laid a hand on my child, like, that Santa would never see the light of day again. Mm-hmm. I believe that. <laughs> like, yeah, no, I mean, that's really... 
just you know. I uh, on the work t on the way to work today saw or passed a jeep that had um, a seal on the side that said "Naughty and Nice Patrol," nice. and the license plate was like "Ho Ho Ho One," and Santa was driving it. That's amazing. <laughs> I almost took a picture, but I didn't want to die. I love when people really commit to their. He was on the way. Yeah. I hope it wasn't the guy we're talking about. Oh, I think that guy is had to go into hiding, maybe. Probably. I don't know, but I tried to I tried to follow up with that story to see like what actually happened, mm. but all the reports were conflicting because it was like I think it started with a woman that like called the news station or whatever and was like, Santa did this, but then it turned out that she wasn't actually there when it happened, supposedly. And then the people that were there said it didn't happen. So I'm very confused about whether or not it happened. Mm -hmm. I mean, it seems like anyone who's been playing Santa would know that this is, like, not going to fly. Mm -hmm. in, yeah, in this day and age. Maybe in the 1950s, that would Yeah, no, I'm sure there was. Like, I'm sure if our parents went to go see Santa, they probably really did have to, like, watch out. Because I'm sure Santa would have had, like, like, a free room. Drunk like, Santa that would, like... <laughs> Well, on you if you like, you know. Yeah, I mean, I think there was like a time when it might have been considered socially acceptable to mm -hmm. randomly spank another person's child, but I think that time has come to a close. <laughs> yeah, you will. Yeah, you will. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, I mean, because I think now you could probably file like sexual assault charges against somebody if they did that to your kid. I mean, it's a swimsuit area, so I mean. I'm just saying, if like a strange man touches your child in that way, like it's. Yeah. Even if that's not how they meant it, it's still, I think you could probably, you know, find a way to, like, prosecute them. Yeah, sure. I'm sure you could. Wow. But, yeah, I don't, I don't know what actually happened with that. Hmm. Interesting. Like, the more I tried to look into it, the more I just, you know, I couldn't find any real information about what happened. And there was, of course, a lot of commenters that are like, I don't think it happened, but we still won't be going just in case like okay i feel like our son's interaction with santa at the event we went to recently went well but that was like a non-lapsitting santa why do they need the lapsing is so I, totally unnecessary okay, like, i think it's very un, i mean i know that no many, you know many i tell people, people things i me. want all day and i don't yeah. sit on their laps <laughs> but i know that many people will disagree with me on this one but i don't see any reason to like force my child to sit on like a stranger's <laughs> lap it seems like it sets an inappropriate precedent yeah it does but no, I'm saying, like, the Santa that we saw the other day was just, like, walking around at a Christmas event. Also, Mr. Mrs. Like, Claus was there. Mrs. Claus was there. Which, I mean, you know, it's kind of like when you go to, like, the gynecologist, <laughs> and if your gynecologist is a man, he'll have, like, a female nurse come into the room before he examines you. Mm. Kind of like, you know, have Mrs. Claus there. Sure. Just make sure nothing weird happens. Absolutely. <laughs> How did, yeah, we, we've... But no, this was this was a Santa at an event that was just, like, walking around. And it's yeah. like, I think that was, like, about the level of interaction with Santa I can deal with. Standing in line for, like, three hours to <laughs> then have my child sit on someone's la strange man's lap <laughs> while they wail in fear. <laughs> no. I felt like we got exactly as much joy out of standing in front of the giant Christmas tree in front of Santa at the mall as we would have gotten 
gone through the line, having sat on Santa's lap, taken the picture. And I think some people picture. really like to have the picture, though. <sighs> but if you're the person that likes to have the picture, I think that's what makes it worth it. Yeah. But I 0% want a picture of my child wailing in fear with, like, a strange man. So I don't really, like, need to do that. I spend most of my day, when I think about my children, trying to think of ways for them not to end up in pictures with strange men. Sure. Sure. (laughs) I just, I protect, like you said, it's like confusion. It's like, hey, don't talk to strangers. Be skeptical of people. Oh, by the way, sit on this weirdly dressed guy's lap. Well, it's also, I mean, I've read a lot of things about how, like... Kind of like clowns. You want to teach your children... Well, yeah, well, yeah, it's like clowns, but it's also just, like, you want to teach your children that um, they have the right to kind of control their own body and say no, and that they don't have to, like, be, like, forced into, like, affection with, like, a stranger that they're uncomfortable with. But then suddenly, like, for Christmas, all bets are off. And it's like, you know, <laughs> it's, all, it's all happening. It's, like, it's, it's overwhelming. Side note. Okay. When did you... I mean, your parents never, like, made Santa a thing, I guess. So yeah, no, we, I think we talked about this on a yeah, previous we, we episode about, about how we, we don't really let's, do Santa. Yeah, let's, let's, let's skirt out of this conversation. No, we can, I mean, I think we're allowed to talk about things we've already discussed a little bit. Our, our son, okay, well, the, the point I was going to eventually get to was that our son wants to believe in Santa. Yeah, like, aggressively wants to believe in Santa. And, like, and it's weird because, like, we grew up, or, you know, well, in a you different... you grew t- up, like... I grew up in a different situation than him because, like, my parents, like, actively, like, encouraged. They didn't dissuade me, let's say. Whereas we've always been very frank with our son about the yeah. fact that we're by, we're we the one buying the presents. I've always said like Santa's pretend, but we can still have fun like watching the movies, listening to the songs, and everything. I remember one day. I I, I think the best way I can encapsulate what I'm trying to say is is one day we were just like, but you know that mommy and daddy are the ones that and and, and he was like. Santa has presents. I mean, he just like and final I feel closing like, argument. There's been a couple other times when I've tried to, like, say something about it to him. Not, like, in, like, a weird, like, we have to talk kind of way, but just, like, when we're talking about Santa, and I'll just be kind of like, yeah, but, you know, he's just, you know, for fun, pretend, or whatever. And it's, like, I can see him. It's, like, he's not even listening to me, but it's, like, you know when someone's very intentionally not listening to you? Like, he doesn't even acknowledge that I've, like, spoken, kind of, but then he'll be like, Santa loves me. (laughs) Do you remember the other day when you said that we were going to have a big party for Santa and it was going to be beautiful? (laughs) I was like... (laughs) Yes, I remember Like, he's very very into the idea that Santa is coming with with many presents. To to use his terminology, he, he loves Santa with a big heart? Yes. So... But uh, let's talk about that a little bit, because as long as we're talking about Christmas movies, our son is, like, obsessed slash terrified of The Grinch. Yeah, and I say I'm worried that he's not going to like, because I got him a Grinch book for 
Christmas, but I'm for, I don't even know if he's going to be delighted or if he's going to be like terrified when he opens it. We we should probably explain that we went to the Indiana Historical Society's and they have like Christmas trees and stuff, and one of them had like a very large stuffed Grinch, and I thought he would be excited. It, I think it was kind of around the corner, like we walked around a corner, and there it was. But I thought he'd be excited. I was like, look, there's the Grinch. Let's take a picture of you with the Grinch, and he was horrified. He was like, is the Grinch going to eat me? I felt so bad. Yeah. But it's weird because he still will like ask to watch that like terrible Jim Carrey version of the Grinch on Netflix. It's like one of those things where it's like you feel so strongly about it that like you love it but you hate it. You know, like, You're like horrified but you can't turn away. Yeah. Right. It's like you know toddler's first horror movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But getting back to the Santa Claus, I mean, if, if we can bring it, tie it back to that, that is kind of a horror movie. Well, you I mean because he's forced to become the Santa Claus? Yes. Yeah, I mean, it's a pretty dark outlook for Scott Calvin. Yes. See, but do you think, okay, here's, here's something was, we need to talk about. I think he was movie. fated to be Santa always because... You think, he, you think the fact that he was Scott Calvin, SC... Santa Claus. Not just that he was Scott Calvin, but also he worked for, like, a toy company. That's true. I think he was fated to become Santa. And, I mean, he seemed like he was kind of kind of like Buffy the Vampire Slayer? Yeah. I think it's like, you know, he had the potential to be Santa, and then he became Santa. Hmm. There's probably other people that had potential to become Santa that just didn't ever get called up. But, I mean, and let's face it, that guy wasn't really doing too much with his life, so it's probably more exciting now that he's Santa. Hmm. It's a little weird because he kind of misses, you know, like, the rest of his, like, 40s and 50s. But if he gets to live for, like, a really long time, I mean, I guess that's okay. Mm. It, it's a little weird. It is. The elves in that movie make me really uncomfortable. Definitely. Like, I guess the decision to have the elves be played by children was maybe a good the, idea the... compared to having them be played by... People who are dwarves, which seems Except for that one elf that was in the... What is his name? The which, older one in Santa Claus. Yeah, the one that was like a like an adolescent. He was in that movie with Natasha you, Leone and... Sons of Beverly Hills? Yes. Yeah. And what else was that guy in? I think he was also in... Is he the guy on that Numbers show? Maybe. Was he Rufio? No, it's somebody else. Well, somebody else with stringy hair. Yeah, he got there, but... Stringy hair, a different guy. Mm -hmm. But... Feet. But, I mean... I thought that having the elves be played by children was mostly a good move, because it's kind of inappropriate to always try to, like, cast dwarves in the role of elves. It's, like, I think kind of insulting and not cool. But I felt like it got really weird and really dark really fast... When there was the weird moment where the elf named Judy, who's like kind of liaison to Santa, thinks that like Santa's hitting on her. Yes. And she's like, sorry, I'm seeing someone in rapping. That moment has all, even as a small child, that moment made me feel really, really uncomfortable. Because I know she's supposed to be like 400 years old and that's the joke. But she looks. But she looks like a child. Like a child. And the actress that had to deliver that line was in fact a child. Hmm. And that's creepy because, and she was never in anything else, as far as I know. So, what if your one big acting role was being like an eight-year-old who has to like 
shut down the sexual advances of Tim Allen. <laughs> like it's like very awkward, and that's just like forever the one big movie that you were. <laughs> and like I'm sure that's the child horrible. actor at the time maybe didn't know that's exactly awful. what it meant, but like it's still weird. In but, retrospect, I'm sure that's a very strange. But like, yes, I know exactly what you mean. And when I watched that as a kid, I didn't know what it was about that. But you part felt kind of gross. Like, like you just like, felt a little wrong. You were like, this seems is like. You know, but like I get, yeah, but it's like intellectually, you get the fact that in the story, the characters are hundreds of years old. But it's like this is a child. Obviously, the child is played by an actress who's a child. It's like, yeah, yeah it's just ick. Ugh. Okay, but have you ever seen the Santa Claus two or three? I've seen Santa Claus two like maybe once, but I I've probably seen, okay. have seen the Santa Claus two. Once, I have too. seen the Santa Claus. So many times. More times than I would like to. So many times. But this was not my fault. It's never anyone's fault. I mean... <laughs> it's just the time of year and the devices we have in front of us. Well, okay. There's only, like, so many, like, and Christmas like, movies that, like, always have to play. It's about, like, it's a, it's a Christmas those. movie about, like, a divorced dad. And, like, my dad took us to see it in theaters on his, like, visitation weekend or whatever. <laughs> like, you know, which is exactly how movies like this become popular. Because they know that every single dad will have to take their kids to see it on their visitation. Divorce always drives up movie watching. But especially movies about, like, a dad and his son. And, like, Absolutely. You know, it's, it's, you know. Sure. Like, I think my dad may have even cried a little bit in that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like... And then my sister, for some reason... I don't know if she actually really loved the movie or if just we randomly acquired a VHS copy of the movie. But we didn't have that many VHS tapes because this was back when VHSs were, like, $25 each. Mm-hmm. So my sister, like, watched that movie, like, a lot. You know, during, like, a certain time when it was just, like, exciting to be, like, Santa, I guess. I don't know. Just like a lot, a lot of the Santa Claus. Yeah, it was very popular. It continues to be. But let's get back to the concept of the streaming services making their own Hallmark-style movies. I think that's yes. an interesting development. Because, like, I always felt the reason that those movies existed was because of necessity. Because they had a low budget had to hire people that looked like other people because they couldn't actually afford the people or they got people that were, like, super washed up to, like, be in these things. Well, I think, though, that, I mean, there's enough of a market for those that they were, like, we can cheaply produce some of these for ourselves. But Netflix spends a lot of money on other things, which leads me to believe that it's almost like they've recreated a certain, like, low quality on purpose. I think yes, because I think that it's like people. They're people, they're capable people expect of producing that. high quality television. They've already proven. No, that. but that's my question. Why aren't there more high quality Christmas entertainments? I don't know that. I mean, I want to see some high quality Christmas movies desperately. Okay, I think what it boils down to is that Christmas is experienced by everybody, mm-hmm. and so that encourages people to be overly broad. Well, there's also just, I mean, I think that there is a certain, like, people do, there are probably, I think there are fans of just this, like, very cheesy, not very good Christmas romance thing, and that's what they want. Like, they want to know this is going to be, like, a Hallmark or a Lifetime Christmas movie. They don't want more or less. They want exactly that. 
And mm-hmm. some of these things are so popular that they even make sequels. But it's the kind of sequel where it's totally unrelated except for the one thing in common, which is interesting. Because, okay, last year I watched a movie called The Christmas Kiss. And in The Christmas Kiss, the main thing is that there's, like, a kiss between two people in an elevator, two strangers, you know, overcome by, like, Christmas merriment, they kiss. But then later they run into each other because it's, like, the kind of thing where they think that they're just two strangers... But then it turns out that they're going to have to interact in real life. And then, you know, there's reasons why they can't be together. But then eventually they find their way to being together. But then this year I've discovered that there is a The Christmas Kiss 2, which I watched. And it is a totally, as far as I could tell, a totally unrelated film. Other than that, it's the same situation where people kiss in an elevator and then fall in love at Christmas time. Mm-hmm. Despite, you know, things that would keep them apart. Mm-hmm. But Love Actually is kind of a insane pain, right? Love Actually is a good movie. So that's Some totally... people hate Love Actually. Who hates Love Actually? Some people. People like who? I don't know. I don't Do you know these people? I don't know. Well... It's not that people hate it, they just think it's not romantic. Like people think. I mean, some parts of it aren't romantic. Laura Linney. Laura Linney's part was you know what? I deeply com- scarringly I could, I could, tragic. You know, that's my one criticism of that movie. I could probably completely I think lose. Left her part out. I, I could completely lose, and this is nothing against her personally, but I just think we could could, could completely lose her character, and the show because could go on. That was such a depressing part of the movie. And it, she's American. It doesn't make sense. This is a British movie. Like I don't even know why she was what there. What is she doing here? She's supposed to help whole, me relate to this cast. Down. I can get. They're all human. Whatever you know, I get it. No, I thought she brought the whole production down. I mean, the part with Emma Thompson was kind of depressing whole... too. But what at least, but at least hers was the like there was a little bit of hope towards the end. I think the thing about Love Actually that I admire is that any one of those plots could really have been their own movie. And they, like, were audacious enough to let each of those exist within a larger storyline. But I think Love Actually is probably the best example of a holiday conglomerate film. All the other holiday conglomerate films are terrible. New Year's Eve. Terrible. Valentine's Day, terrible. Mother's Day, terrible. Just awful, awful movies. Yes. But I felt like Love Actually, I thought was very good, other than, you know, yes, the Laurel and Anything was you know, a huge downer. <laughs> but I still love that movie. I also, I mean, I have deep criticisms for that movie, though. I have deep criticisms for the characters in that movie, but that, I think some people confuse the characters in the movie for the larger intention of the movie. Or just the quality. Like, I'm saying quality in general. That's a quality film. Like, obviously, they put a lot of money into that. They shot it nicely. They Mm -hmm. acted it nicely. They dressed it nicely. It's not like a low-budget hack job, you know? Definitely. Had good actors in it, though. The Walking Dead guys' storyline was very sad. It was very sad, but it was also kind of weird because, okay, I was thinking about this more. All right, so he's just kind of in love with his best friend's girlfriend, but he's not really in love with her because my impression is that because he's like so, he's infatuated with her. He's so infatuated with her that he's never actually taken the time to bond with her or get to know her. So I don't think you can really say he's in love with her. I think he just like, he's desperately infatuated with her. 
And so he knows he can't get to know her because he, like, needs to, like, keep his distance. And that is very sad. But it's still not like he's really in love with her. Mm-hmm. Um, and her wedding dress was super weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I just don't really like Kira Knightley that much. I've never understood. She's, that. I mean, she's that, she's that kind of ice queen sort of. I've never understood that. Apologies to Jonathan if he's listening. <laughs> <laughs> no, she just has that like. I did like her in Bennett Like Beckham, though. I should watch that again sometime. Mm-hmm. It's a good movie. Yeah. I haven't seen that in a while. But what else about Christmas movies? We've talked about some bad movies. Or some good Christmas movies? Very few. I mean, that's the problem is that we have certain movies we like to watch at Christmas, but it's like sometimes you want more, but there's just not more to give. Or more to have, I guess, would be the... Right way of phrasing that. You're saving some movies for Christmas. We always watch A Christmas Story on Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. Um, that was my Uncle Bill's favorite movie. And his o- the only movie that he actually liked. Good choice. Yeah. Good movie. Yeah, but I always save that for actual Christmas Day. Because otherwise it's like, you know. Uncle Bill was an atheist. BTW. Yes, but he loved that movie, Rob. It's a great movie. But even though my Uncle Bill was an atheist, I associate him with Christmas because he would always come to our house for Christmas. I mean, he still celebrated Christmas. The movie is set in northern Indiana. He is from northern Indiana. I just have to point that out. That's true. (laughs) (laughs) It's also, there's brothers in that movie. And he was... I know for a fact he had several. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, no, I think there was a lot that he could... He also, I mean, I think he liked the book of that as well. Oh, Ralphie. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, was he the older to... He was older than um, my stepdad, Mm -hmm. but younger than the two older ones. I see. Yeah. So he was, I guess, technically... If there are four children in your family, are you a middle child if you're not... Either the oldest or the youngest, here's or is theory, there no middle child? Here's my theory as not a person who grew up with that. I think that numbers two and three are both middle. Okay, so in that case, my Uncle Bill would have been yes. a middle child. That's my that's my opinion. Okay. Other people may disagree. See, I wonder if you can't be truly a middle child unless... I think unless you're first or last, I think you're middle. Interesting. See, I that's wonder my, if That's my theory, a... not as someone who... Because two, I only have my brother Chris... So, to compare, you know, I only have two. There's younger, older, you know what I sure. mean? Sure. But I'm Nobody saying, like, middle. I feel like being a middle child is concentrated if there's just one of you. If there are two of you in the middle, it doesn't seem as middling as it would otherwise. But you're not oldest and you're not youngest. True. I really do think oldest and youngest carry some weight. No matter how many there are. Yes, but I'm just saying I think that middle child is more... It does dilute it a little bit. I think it's diluted if there's more than one of you. I think it's very more pointed if there's just one person in the middle, probably. Um, I still think if I there were, like, other... He said to the middle child. 
you're saying the oldest said to the middle? Yeah, although I, I never really think of myself as being a middle child. I don't think of myself as oldest either. I don't feel old. I don't think it's about feeling old. I think it's about having a very specific role in your family. And I don't necessarily feel like I occupy a middle child role. That's true. But that's a whole other conversation. That is a whole other conversation. <laughs> but going back to what we were saying is A Christmas Story, very good. Um, Home Alone, I think, has a special place for people probably of our age. I don't know how it's holding you up. You still haven't watched Home Alone 2 this year? Yeah, but I don't need to. I really just like Home Alone 1. Not Home Alone 3? No. Did that even have the same kid in it? I think that's some weird other I think, one. yeah. Green 4 had different people. I think one of them was like a girl I just I don't I don't think that no I just I think Home Alone is like for our generation a very special film mm-hmm. well we were exactly the right age to watch that movie when it came out mm-hmm. our son will never be the right age to watch that because he has such bad ideas about personal safety I have something to tell you yes Macaulay Culkin recently participated in a wrestling match Oh, no. In which he recreated several of his Home Alone oh, no. home invasion tactics. How did it go? Wait, was this like for like a TV thing or like? No, was it was this like just... it was like a local wrestling event in Why? Los Angeles. Why? I don't know. That's really disturbing. How did the wrestling match go? Did he win? I think so. That's good. He's aged super weird. There's a theory I've been developing about that. Yeah. I think 85% of the time when you are a strikingly beautiful teenager, check in with that person when they're like 48. I think they're looking weird. No, but he wasn't even a strikingly beautiful teenager. I think... I think He was he, just like a cute child. I think Even by the teen years, he was like not aging so well no that's true no i think a lot of child stars you know children no, I sometimes be cute and then look weird later it's also because being a child star is probably like a horrible experience yeah i'm sure it's like it ages <laughs> you in ways that you could never imagine. <laughs> I mean, who knows what they would have looked like otherwise no but i mean I don't think all cute children have to look terrible later. Because, I mean, our children are so striking. Mm-hmm. I hope they don't look weird later. Probably just keep them away from acting and modeling. Yeah. So. I mean, I think that the captain's refusal to stand still will probably keep him out of modeling. When he, like, runs out of the photo shoot. Yes. He just, he won't hold still for a photograph. No one will ever know what he looked like. No. Just a blur. Yes. But, like I was saying, though, he can never see Home Alone because he has such bad ideas already that I just feel like if he watches that movie, he'll be killed. Mm-hmm. But I think being that I was, like, about the age of the Macaulay Culkin character when that came out, I think I was, like, mentally at a point where I could understand, like, I shouldn't actually do some of the things that I was, like, seeing. Like the pain cans? <laughs> Yeah, or just many, many things, like the blowtorch, and the nails, and the ice, and the tar. Sliding down the stairs. I kind of want to do I that. I kind of want to do that. Yeah. Still, I, I would do that right now. They did that in Calvin and Hobbes, too. Yeah, that's And true. I always wanted to do that. Mm-hmm. That's true. Calvin and Hobbes had some good Christmas comics, didn't they? 
Sure. For sure. But other good Christmas movies. Um, Elf, I think. Elf is the I think of that as being a new classic, but it's really been out for like, okay. what, like 15 years or something? My coworkers were talking about this today. Did you ever watch the movie Prancer with Sam Williams? Yes. With like when they, the reindeer and yes. they have to like nurse it back to health? They reminded me of that today and I totally forgot about it. I don't know, that is that movie like available on DVD or is it like. I don't know where that movie is available. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's out of print for all I know. No, because my like. sister used to like that movie when she was like a young child, but it was on like a VHS tape and I haven't seen it like available on DVD like lately. I have definitely seen that movie though. Yeah, that movie As soon as they said it, I was like. Right. Yeah, because it's like the grizzled dad. The grizzled like, dad, of course. And like the girl Same that element. wants to like believe, but like everyone's mm-hmm. like the world is a harsh place. But then they like, I can't remember. Was the reindeers randomly hurt, or did they like accidentally hit it with their car or something? No, I don't know. <laughs> I, all I know is they had to like nurse it back to health, and it like was. The I'm reindeer. not sure if they were responsible for its misery, Berna. <laughs> but yes, I have seen that film. Mm-hmm. Remember that. What was that one Santa movie with Dudley Moore? I don't know. It was wild. Let's talk more about Elf, though, because that's a good movie that I think of as being like a new new classic, as you were saying, although... Although? It's been out for a while now. 2002 or something? Yeah, it's like probably a long time ago. Zuba Destrinelle? I think it's actually Zoe. I think she just spells it. Zoe Destrinelle? It's really disappointing. I mm-hmm. also think it's Deschanel. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> anyway. Um, um, no, it's a very cute movie. I mean, I totally don't buy that she would be dating um, Will Ferrell, but for the movie's purposes, sure. <laughs> Who would you say she would date? I don't know. I mean, just someone a little like. I mean. A little less goofy? Yeah, and. I mean, there's an age difference between them, but I mean, age isn't everything, but. Hmm. Interesting. But, um, I love the first, like, three minutes of that movie when they're talking about different jobs elves can have, and they're like, you can make cookies in a tree, and then the tree's, like, burning down. That's pretty good. I feel like that, that moment was where I was like, oh, I like this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely like that movie. James Conn's good in that movie. Yeah. What other Christmas movies do you actually like? Hmm. Eyes Wide Shut. That is not a Christmas movie. <laughs> and you don't even like that. <laughs> I like Stanley Kubrick. You don't actually like Eyes Wide Shut, though. It's not my favorite Stanley Kubrick movie, but I like him. I've liked Tom Cruise in things. I like Die Hard. I have never been able to watch that all the way through without falling asleep. I've watched it once. It was good. I fell asleep while I was trying to watch it. Mm. It's just, I don't know. I just couldn't get excited or interested in what was happening. And then I slept. So <laughs> that was the sad, the sad tale of me trying to watch that movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, people like a wonder. It's a Wonderful Life. Really, I've seen it. Yeah, I mean that, and like White Christmas, and all those. Like whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, our son has really gotten into those Disney 
Christmas specials, but I'm not letting him watch them anymore. Why? Because I feel like he just behaves really badly after he watches them. And I can't quite figure out what it is. It's maybe this like too much excitement from like the cartoons. Definitely. But it's like every time he watches them, he's just like really like violent and like mean afterwards. But it's sad because he actually really likes them. Mm-hmm. And he keeps asking me if he can watch them. I keep being like, no. Mm-hmm. And they're cute, and I kind of want to see them again too. But. <laughs> Was there anything else we haven't talked about? I mean, I feel like there's got to be something we could, you know, talk about before the end. Something more like exciting. It's kind of a sad note to end on. What's sad? Not sad. It's just a little. I don't know. Um. Oh, you know what my favorite Christmas movie? This is not really a Christmas movie, but it includes a Christmas scene. And my favorite scene of actually, well, actually, I'm going to talk about two movies. My favorite scene of both movies basically happens at Christmas time. Although, really, not really my favorite scene of Clueless, although Clueless is my favorite movie. But my favorite scene of Emma it happens at Christmas time. It's not a Christmas movie, really, because I think it kind of spans the whole year. But in Emma, and this also happens in the book, so I shouldn't say scene because it's also a part of the book. But it is in the, it is very well done in the movie. But anyway, um. They go to a Christmas party and there's like an awkward, like, you know, unwanted, you know, sexual advances in the carriage on the way to the Christmas party. And mm. So I always think of that as a Christmas movie, even though just that one scene is like set at Christmas time. Mm. But it's the funniest, it's the funniest, okay, the funniest line, it's my favorite line of the entire movie. Because they're in a, okay, so... Emma and the guy that she's not interested in, who she was trying to set up with her friend, are like in the carriage on the way either to or fro. I think they're going from the Christmas party. And he's sitting across from her, but then he like comes over to her like side to like try to like tell her that he's like in love with her or whatever and like kind of like a proposal type of situation. Mm -hmm. And she's like trying to tell him like, no, I'm not into you. You know, no, I was trying to set you up with my friend, whatever, whatever. And he's like trying to like, you know, kind of still trying to like keep it going. And she's like, sit back and kindly refrain from the intimacy of whispering. And I've always hoped to, like, someday have a moment when I can just say to someone, like, kindly refrain from the intimacy of whispering. <laughs> wow. It's just my very favorite part of that movie, which is also, like, one of my favorite books, so. <laughs> well, Merry Christmas, everybody. <laughs> Sit back and kindly refrain from the intimacy of whispering. <laughs>
you enjoy this podcast, there are several ways to support it. I have a Patreon account, which can be found at www.patreon.com forward slash Rob Burgess Show Patreon. I hope you'll consider supporting in any amount. Also, please make sure to comment, follow, like, subscribe, share, rate, and review the podcast everywhere it's available, which includes iTunes, YouTube, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Facebook, Twitter, Internet Archive, TuneIn, and RSS. It really helps. The official website for the podcast is www.therobburgessshow.com. You can find out more about me by visiting my website, www.thisburgess.com. Until next time.